Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. Well, Doug Gottlieb Show in the bonus. As we speak of French, I don't know why. I just, it all of a sudden came over me. Hope you're great. You're doing well. We got a great show for you in the bonus, including, including a surprising list. You know, we've been doing these lists of top college teams, top NFL teams. And then I was like, all right, here, I'm, I'm going to give you a tease, right? So, 1989. How many years ago was that? It's 2022. Okay. This is a great, great question. Okay. Off the top of your head, John Ramos, 1989 was how long ago? Uh, 40 years. Um, okay. About 40 years. Is that what you, what, what you were going to go with? Yes. Okay. Well. Um, it's actually about in about thirty years, right? It's the thirty somewhere either thirty three or thirty four, yeah, depending on how correct. you do the math. Um, anyway, I always wonder. Like, it's it's interesting, right? Two thousand twenty two is twenty two years less. You know, uh, ten years. That's you know thirty two years, and then my so thirty three years. But it's interesting. Like, if you actually count thirty four years. So anyway, whatever it is, nineteen eighty nine, Christmas Vacation was released. 33, 34 years ago, however you do the math, in 1989. Are you a Christmas Vacation fan? Yes, I am. Jason Stewart, are you a Christmas Vacation fan? You know what? I am. I, I, I think I've become a bigger one. I was not a big fan at first because I was such a big fan of the original Vacation. And by comparison, Christmas Vacation is not as good or as funny. Ooh, ooh that's, that's actually worthy of a very good discussion. Yes. I think it might actually be funnier, uh, but there's there's one key cog missing. I think that we would both agree, right? Nudity, cha- huh? <laughs> Did they change the nudity? Was there no is there no Christy Brinkley boob shot in that one? No, it's a uh, Beverly D'Angelo is topless yep. in vacation. Uh, she is, and wasn't Christy Brinkley as well, or was she was not never topless? Never topless. No. Okay, she was just in the pool swimming around. Yeah. Right, that she was, was com- skinny. She was skinny dipping, skinny dipping. but she you never dipping. actually see anything. Yeah, very, very believable premise, by the way. That Christy Brinkley was into <laughs> uh, Clark W. Griswold. Um, by the way, this is again. We have to remember this is back when Chevy Chase was funny. Uh, it's been a yes. long time. I know Chevy Chase actually used to be funny, or the sh- the movies that he did were funny. I don't know if he was ever funny, but Fletch was hysterical. Um, and foul play the, is very good. Foul play was very good. 
Very, very good. That's a that's a good call. And he was funny at times in uh, in what Blues Brothers. Uh, was he in Blue Brothers? No, he wasn't Blue Brothers. It was yeah. Ackroyd in him. Um, he, he was, was funny in Caddyshack. In Caddyshack, excuse me. Uh, he was funny in Caddyshack. Although Caddyshack, I, I just, I think we can all agree, doesn't stand up the test of time. It just, it really, really doesn't. Anyway, so what I thought I'd do is I put together my list of the 10 best, my 10 favorite holiday movies, which will just kind of, we'll have a discussion about it. Um, okay, so this was... Last night, the Lakers beat the Blazers, and the Lakers are playing better, although now they come into December and the schedule picks up a great deal. But instead of talking about the win, at the very, very end of the press conference, this was LeBron James. I got one question for you guys before you guys leave. I was thinking when I was on my way over here, I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform when we do something wrong or or something that people don't agree with it's on every single tabloid every single news coverage it's on the bottom ticker it's asked about every single day but it seems like to me that the whole jerry jones situation photo and i know it was years and years ago and we all make mistakes i get it but it seemed like it's just been buried under like oh it happened okay we just we just move on and i was just kind of disappointed that i haven't received that question from you guys Okay, so every show has taken at least some point of time talking about it, and I will as well. Here's the first thing. Um, uh, it's a disgraceful moment in our history as a country. It's a disgraceful moment. Um, that said, I, and I would also point out that I didn't know that photo existed. And so when I first saw the photo, I was like, I had no idea. And the, the person to ask it was Jerry Jones, not LeBron James. Right? And Jerry Jones, I believe he took seven questions, decided to not take an eighth, but took seven questions about it. And if you read the piece, it was a hatchet job. It just was. It, it takes, here's the basis of it, okay? And it takes the fact that Jerry Jones was at this, at North Little Rock High School, um, when they had the, was it Little Rock 7 or Little Rock 9? I apologize for not knowing the number. Um, and uh, because of that, and this as his upbringing and biases, it's like, look, this is why he hasn't hired a black head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Like, there's a lot of other stuff that you can get into it, but that's the premise. Which is um, complete and utter bullshit if you factor in Everything Jerry Jones has done since he's owned the Dallas Cowboys, right? Since he's owned the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so I, I understand that when the photo came out, you're like, whoa. Okay. Next to having Jerry Jones with a hood on at a Klan rally, like it, it was like, whoa, what's Jerry doing there? And then Jerry kind of explained it. Uh, it was understandable. And even LeBron's talking about, like, I understand mistakes happen. Like, I don't know, like, is it a mistake to be photographed at something and to be an onlooker? Was he yelling at people? I don't know. But here's, here's the biggest issue we have. The biggest issue we have. We put our values on other countries. That's unfair. And we put the values of today and the way society works today with the way society used to work and the evolution from and to. Okay, from and to. So in no way would I ever, as a human being, say that segregation was acceptable and the treatment of anybody of color going into a school that was integrated, uh, when people are shouting, like it was a disgraceful time. Matter of fact, I would encourage people like the, the museums you need to go to. You need to go to when you're in Memphis, go to the Civil Rights Museum. 
it will make you feel awful in many ways about in most ways about the country in which we occupy. But it also like, again, this is something I've been pushing for in my own life. I'd encourage you to do the same is have some perspective, you know, like we're not close to the same country. People have changed and evolved. Didn't say we're perfect. And many of our flaws have been exposed. And, and some made more pronounced because social media makes you think that these things happen more often than they actually do. Or more people think this way than they actually do. More bad things are actually out there than actually are. Um, so we don't have perspective. So the, this is a huge thing. We judge yesterday through the lens of today. Incredibly unfair. Incredibly unfair. So, I mean, like, look, there, that was during a time in which it was actually illegal to have interracial marriage. That was an actual law. It's a lot like when people go back at our founding fathers and they're like, this guy had slaves and that guy had slaves. Like, well, they're, they're, they're pushing for freedoms, but not for black men. Well, okay, you have to understand during the time which even people who were fighting for freedom, they, was, they were considered incredibly liberal at the time and they were pushing for changes. But there's a way in which society worked and you worked through it. Again, doesn't make it okay by today's standards, but the standards were greatly different. Greatly different. You know, you could also, here's another thing you do. You ever seen old photos of college football games? What you should do, go look in the 60s and the 70s. And people wore a coat and tie or a shirt and tie to football games. That was normal attire. Again, through the lens of today, you're like, dude, what is, what is, what is, what is everybody wearing? But there was, there was a certain um, elegance to it. There was a certain like, class to it. And we dressed different. We spoke different. We talked different. We treated people different. Not everything then was bad. Not every part of our evolution is good. And I'm, I'm with LeBron. Like that photo was like, dude, you got to tell me what this photo is about. I didn't know it existed. Jerry did. But here's the biggest problem. LeBron has an incredible platform. He doesn't actually need the Q&A of the media. That's merely to promote everything with the Lakers and everything that he does. Even then, he's like, ask me a question. You guys haven't asked me yet. Somebody try to ask a question. No, I don't want you to ask me a question. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, hey, dude, if you want to comment on it, you had a week. It's been out there. Oh, yeah, by the way, you're a Cowboy fan, right? That's, that's long been discussed. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan. He has an incredible social media platform on Twitter and on Instagram. He has his own show called The Shop. Right? If LeBron James had an opinion on Jerry Jones, why did he offer it? Why does he have to wait for us to ask him? Why is he making the comparison between Kyrie? I hate to break it to you, but Kyrie Irving is a former teammate. We don't know if they're friends or friendly. He's a basketball player. He won a championship with LeBron in the greatest comeback in the history of the sport. And he's been long rumored to want to end up playing with LeBron in L.A. Of course, we're going to ask you about it. Jerry Jones is an owner in a different professional sport. The photo is 65 years old. And if you think we don't harp on, dude, we, we play shit that, that Jerry Jones says every week. We don't avoid, no one avoids something. Part of the reason most media members avoided talking about it was if you actually read the piece, we knew it was kind of bullshit, right? It was a hatchet job. It was a, you know, because of the past, you look at now and that's why he hasn't hired a black coach. Okay. Or maybe here's the possible option. His last head coach was a little bit of, was seen as a little bit of a puppet. Is also a guy who's a consummate backup. He was a Dallas Cowboy, a cowboy for life. And so this time he went out and said, I got to get me a coach who's won a Super Bowl, who's available. Right? And he went and got Mike McCarthy, who I would also point out, I was against. And we have, we have crucified him for faulty decision making. But in the words of Tony Romo, football is a meritocracy. 
So if you think for one second, like all of these writers and people who are, and I hate the word because it gets, I don't like labeling people, but it's the, the woke idea that racism ex- ex- exists in professional sports. Here's the thing. This is what you're saying. Jerry Jones is 80 years old. Jerry Jones has made it known, okay, to everybody. He wants to win another Super Bowl before he dies. Are, 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 these are two absolute facts, Right. Okay, so if Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, wants to win a Super Bowl before he dies at 80 years old, you mean to tell me that Jerry Jones says, you know, I want to hire the best guy for the job. I want to win a Super Bowl before I die. I have the most valuable franchise in all of American sports. It's probably worth in the $10 billion range if you factor in the stadium with the team with all of the history, with everything. $10 billion. I'm sitting on a $10 billion uh, bag of money. But the only thing that really matters is that I win a Super Bowl. Do you think for one second he goes, I want to win a Super Bowl, but I want to win it with a white coach? Because that's what you're saying. That's how fucking stupid the article is. Right? Again, Jerry Jones has made bad decisions. He made bad decisions. He's given contract. He's given out bad contracts. He's stuck by people. Um, what was the guy's name? God, I, I wanted. I actually want to delete his memory from that of the National Football League. He's now a, a MMA fighter. Greg, uh, shit, Greg Hardy. Okay, Greg Hardy allegedly beat up his girlfriend. And it's a, it's a super weird story. Uh, you know, back when it was a story, I actually kind of researched it. And there's a lot of fuzzy stuff there as to what actually happened. But I, I think we can kind of all theorize that Greg Hardy is a bad guy. I don't know. You know, like they were doing coke together. She alleges he threw her on a bunch of guns and beat her up and threatened her. And there's discrepancy in it. Like, I don't know. I genuinely think Greg Hardy's a piece of shit. Okay, but Jerry Jones, okay, when Greg Hardy was available, signed him as a free agent. It wasn't because he was black. It wasn't. It was because he thought that Greg Hardy could tackle the quarterback. Jerry Jones just simply wants to win. He didn't give a shit. Okay? I mean, dude, like, so the idea that because of a photo 65 years ago, he somehow carries this racial biases, even though he is in a win or else sport. He's in his last couple years. He's sitting on an incredible, valuable franchise. It has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with anything other than he wants to win football games. The premise of the article is the bias is what keeps him from hiring a black coach. Mm, okay. Uh, that goes against everything that we've proven about the National Football League and about Jerry Jones. And then LeBron James, like, why didn't you guys ask me? Like, uh, okay, we'll ask you. Like, you've had seven press conferences. You have social media. You comment on everything all the time. It's pretty obvious what happened, right? Some, there's, got, there's somebody. I don't know who it is. Who sends out the, the, the text to Jay Williams, to Stephen A. Smith, to... LeBron James, two others are like, yeah, now's the, like the story came out a week ago. It was covered, you know? And then what is it? It's called what aboutism where instead of actually talking about this, you move the goalposts. You're like, well, what about, it's like, well, what about Brett Favre? Like, well, what about Brett Favre? How does that have to do with Kyrie Irving? Well, he's alleged to have stolen money from the, yeah, it's disgraceful. And he's probably going to go to court. And if he loses, he's going to go to jail. What does that have to do with Kyrie Irving? Um, again, this comes back to like, it's like a parenting thing, right? Everyone who has a son or a daughter knows this. And when we were a son or a daughter, you remember this, right? Well, Johnny gets to stay up until 1030. Well, you're not, you're not in fucking Johnny's house, buddy. Sorry about that. You know, even when you have a split family, well, mom makes me, I don't know. I'm, it's not mom's house, dad's house. Well, you know, I'm staying with Nana and Papa. Like, all right, that's great. But you stay here now. This is what we do. 
Well, what, like, what about ism? Why are we doing a lot about ism? We got to keep that same energy. Like, mm, no, 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 we don't. No, not really. J- Jerry Jones uh, didn't use his platform to promote something that spreads anti-Semitic lies that no one knew existed previously, <laughs> you know, and then denied really having any sort of platform, like the whole level t- layers to it, whatever. But like, I, I don't, we have to ask him a question. All right. So listen, any question we got to run by LeBron, by the way, this is the same LeBron James who's full of shit in most of these press conferences. And he's spoken out of turn and nobody actually holds LeBron accountable except for me and a couple other people. You know, I'm not talking about the, he read the Muhammad Ali book and he was asked the best part. And he's like, ah, what's his favorite quote from the Godfather? Doesn't have one. Like, forget all that bullshit that they even made fun of on the shop that he's, he's full of shit. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Migos. Yeah, I was playing their stuff in 2011. Like, yeah, they got together in 2013, dude. Like, what are you doing here? Hey, okay. forget about the fact he's full of shit with some of his answers. Now he's full of shit with the, why don't you guys ask me questions? Dude, you, you meet for the media every night. If you're really bothered by it, if it bothered by you, you, you can do it on your phone. You can do it on your, your, all your different accounts. Or you can just offer it up as an, as an answer and talk about it whenever you want to talk about it, just like you did last night. But in his mind, or whoever sent out the group text, there wasn't the proper amount of outrage. I, mean, I, was, I saw the photos like, what? Because I'm a student of history. I love history. I hate some of our history, not just my own personal history, my religion's history, our country's history, the countries that my family came from. Like, I don't know, but I study it, right? You study it because that way you're not doomed to repeat it, right? Um, but Jerry answered questions about it. And if you read the article, it felt like a hatchet job. A guy who has fought for and works with, like even in his business space now, I, I, um, quick. Dar- Darren Woodson's a friend of mine. I worked for him, work with him for a decade at, at ESPN. He, his business interests are tied to Jerry Jones. Okay. Woody, by the way, one of the more respected former players, respected, uh, Dallas Cowboys. He's in their ring of honor. He and Emmett Smith, they're business partners with Jerry on a bunch of different projects. So this idea that Jerry Jones is somehow a closet racist because of a photo 65 years ago leads him to not want to hire a head coach that's black. It's like, okay, everything he's done in the 30 plus years he's owned the Dallas Cowboys say nothing of no sort of hint towards racism other than you want him to hire a black coach. I just want to hire him. If I'm him, I just hire a good coach that can win you a Super Bowl. You know? And... Here, the other part about Jerry that other people aren't admitting is there's lots of coaches that he probably would have liked to hire that wouldn't work for him because his most successful coach was Jimmy Johnson. They won two Super Bowls and he was done dealing with them. So he hired, you know, Barry Switzer, who was, you know, a bit of a carnival, carnival barker, barker and could kind of be a puppet for Jerry. Right. And then they tried coach after coach after coach and guy after guy after guy. And it feels like now they got a team. Um, so I have the same energy for it. I don't understand LeBron's point. The what about doesn't make any sense. Now you got Jay Williams saying, um, that Jerry Jones has to denounce racism and, uh, okay. That doesn't seem that hard to do. Like I denounce racism. I, I don't, I mean, my thing is, was always, and this is the, like, it's really easy, you know? Hey, look, if you're a racist, I don't need your support. If you, if you think anything negative about a person because of their skin color or their, you know, their ethnicity or their religious background or their sexual orientation, if that makes you automatically think something negative of somebody, we can win without you. We don't need you. That's politics. That's life. That's fine. But like, what is, I, I don't, you know, actual racism is when you like the accusations are, you won't hire somebody because they're black. You give white people more and more opportunities than they actually deserve. And, and no one in the actual real world of sports has ever actually thought that about Jerry Jones. If anything, he gives his guys, regardless of color, way too much leeway, right? They'll run amok because he believes in them. 
I mean, like, look, Des Bryant now, it seems like a guy who uh, has really kind of come out of it and been a, been a good dude. You know, he wasn't always. He's been through a lot of stuff. His own personal life is a mess. Jerry Jones always stood by him. Jerry Jones stood by T.O. Jerry Jones, you know, Michael Irvin and his issues. So, I mean, all we can go by is what somebody's actually done. What's their actual record? Not what your rhetoric is, what your actual voting record is, right? And you also have to put it in the context of the time. So, I, I just, the whataboutism of this, uh, the moving of the goalpost, and the denial of, hey, I'm a really uh, prominent guy, but I need to be asked the question about Jerry Jones is is sad and comical, but it's pretty obvious that somebody put out the bat alert, that, that uh, bat signal, that today we had to talk about it because there wasn't anything going on in sports. The story's been out a week. It was covered. It may not have been covered enough. That's because the premise was laughable. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat a slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two-liter. If you have, then you're going to love pick six. The new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then, pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use the code DUG. New customers can play 5 bucks and get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code DUG, only on DraftKings. Pick 6, the crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in Pick 6 credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of BF Goodrich Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRat.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRat.com sports, TireRat.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's welcome in Jared Smith, of course, PicksWise lead betting analyst, co-host of Fox's new show, Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff with Rich Ornberger and Brian No airs each Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. Listen live on any of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates for the iHeartRadio app. It's presented by BetMGM. Here's what we're going to do, Jared. We're just going to pick the, the big championship games, the big uh, five championship games, um, and, uh, and you know, tell me what you think. We'll start with Utah. It's a Friday night game, so it'll air before your radio show airs. It's in Vegas, which I love. I mean, I, I just, it's going to be an amazing Vegas weekend. You got that on Friday, on Sunday, you got Raiders Chargers. Uh, USC is a two and a half point favorite against Utah. I like the men of Troy. Uh, they felt like there was a you know, bad call in the first game. They're better now than they were then, but they came coming off a really tough, hard fought game against Notre Dame. Who do you like with uh, SC being a two and a half point favorite? Yeah, Doug, we got to get you out to Vegas one of these weekends, man. We're all roll some craps, hang out. You know, I was, I was, I was, I, 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 I was actually there for like uh, three days and uh, I did, uh, it was blackjack. I, I need, I need a guide in terms of craps because my craps game is not good. And I got to kind of refresh on, uh, you know, how you bet and what you bet. Whereas my blackjack game is very, very good. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I've, I've, I've got you there because all I play is craps. It's really good. the only game that I can stomach playing. But I, I, it's kind of funny because it does kind of lead me to this specific game because I think this is the one roll of the dice that the Pac-12 has to make some noise. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if – I'm not going to say there's any collusion going on, but some of those 50-50 calls that maybe are going to go USC's way this weekend because I really do think the Pac-12 wants to see this USC team. And I, I, frankly, I think most of the country, at least I do, I want to see Caleb Williams go up against Georgia's defense. And, and that's a matchup that we're not going to see this Friday because Utah's defense is not nearly at the level that they were last year. And I talked about this at prior weeks – you can kind of tell based off of what the scheme is, how a team or a coach feels about his unit. Well, Morgan Scali, the defensive coordinator for Utah, has consistently gone to five-man fronts this season because this Utah defense is not as consistent stopping the run as they have been in prior years. And the irony with that is I think this USC running game, I know there's no Travis Dye, but there's still a really good stable of backs and a really good offensive line. The USC running game, I think, can kind of pave the way to victory in this specific matchup because if they can get that running game going and they can set Caleb Williams up second and five, third and two, how do you stop this kid? I mean, he is literally the best player on the planet right now in the college football rank. And I think there is a level of aura about his game and what USC does offensively. I don't know if Cam Rising, who's been a great story this year over his last two seasons, kind of picked up uh, some of the slack last year and, and hasn't had as good of a year maybe as, as some would have hoped. Dalton Kincaid has been a stud as well. But they're both banged up this week. And I think this is all kind of tilting in USC's favor, even though the sharp money is coming in on Utah. We've seen this line shrink beneath three. I, I still really want to see USC win this game. Maybe there's a little bias there baked in, but I think the matchups, especially up front, favor the Trojans as well. Um, okay, well, let's go to the Big 12. Um, again, similar possible collusion there, where last time TCU took on K-State, K-State had a backup quarterback. Now now they're, they're healthy. It's a rematch. It's not in Fort Worth. Okay, it's it's in Dallas, not not far, but not the home stadium of of the Frogs. Frogs are two and a half point favorites, and they've just kind of found a way through this season. I like TCU. I think that's one of those. They kind of faked it till they made it. Um, Now they've kind of make it and they have the confidence of a championship caliber team. But where are you on the Frogs uh, and Kansas State's rematch against them? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you here. I feel the same way about US or TCU that I feel about USC is they've made it to this point, and, you know, another craps reference, it would be a shame if one roll of the dice derailed what uh, had been... How a, good is he? Remark- that was good. That was <laughs> a good. Remarkable You're good. season for this Horned Frogs team. And, you know, against the spread, they've been the second-best team in the country covering numbers this year, 9-2-1. Kansas State not too far behind at 8-3-1. and one. But this TCU team is just so polarizing. The box scores, especially the advanced box scores that I like to dig into as much as possible... They have consistently indicated this TCU team is winning by more or just winning when they shouldn't be winning. And 
the Sharps really don't like betting on teams that the advanced box score is saying they're doing worse than what the actual result of the game is telling you. The public loves it. And I think that's why you're going to see a lot of money come in on TCU in this game. The one thing about the Horned Frogs, they have been able to finish. They're outscoring their opponents by 107 points in the second half this year. They have five ranked wins. That's more than Georgia and Michigan combined. So it's really hard to argue. I know that the advanced numbers look very you know, down on this TCU team, but they're winning games, and they're doing it at a level higher than some of the other teams in the country, even though they don't pass our eye test. The irony with this line, TCU was minus three and a half at home six weeks ago. Now they're in a neutral, and it's two and a half, and that's telling me that TCU's only getting one point for home field advantage. I, I would say it's at least two or three. So the market, no inflation at all, despite the fact that TCU has won every game on their schedule since beating Kansas State. Let's call it a fortunate fashion. Third-string quarterback, they had to come back from a late, you know, a, a lead where you know Kansas State dominated the early parts of the game with Deuce Vaughn on the ground. That's obviously going to be the key here. Can Kansas State establish the ground game, unlike Texas, who couldn't get anything going on the ground against TCU a couple weeks ago? Can this Horn Frogs defensive line control Deuce Vaughn like they controlled B. John Robinson? I, I'd like to lean to the yes because they've done a good job defensively, a little bit better than we thought over the last few weeks. But overall, the numbers say that Kansas State should have a matchup in the trenches here. And I think TCU has a matchup on their offensive line, too, because let's be honest, uh, the Carter kid's running, running like crazy. And, and there's some weapons on this TCU team that I think are going to give Kansas State's defense some problems. We'll see if uh, Quentin Johnson's 100%. Max Dugan's had a little bit of a limp, you know, over the last couple of weeks as well. But, you know, hopefully they get some extra time uh, to heal up for this game. Because, man, I'll tell you, I really think TCU deserves to be in the playoff, and I want to see them win this game on Saturday. LSU takes on Georgia. Uh, I'm just attacking the spread here. I know Georgia has been a dominant team in the SEC, but LSU has improved massively over time. Uh, I know they struggled their last game, obviously, against Arkansas. Uh, but this this just comes down to the number being too big. 17 and a half, I like the fighting Tigers. Who do you like? Yeah, I think the Daniels, the, you know, the Jane Daniels injury is huge here. Um, if he's not 100%, I don't know where LSU gets their offense from. And I, I've heard a lot of, you know, where's the motivation coming from Georgia? I don't know if it's going to be fully there. And I agree, on paper, Georgia doesn't need margin in this game. So why are they going to run up the score, you know, and win this game by 17-plus? The only reason I can give for Georgia having motivation in this game, all of this success that Kirby Smart's had over the last few years, they've won a national title, they've, you know, been one of the best teams in the country, they still haven't won the SEC championship. And the players have echoed that a little bit this week. And Kirby's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because Georgia's looked bad the last two weeks. You know, they haven't covered against Kentucky or Georgia Tech by over two scores. They should have blown out both teams, and they didn't. And then, oh, by the way, you go back to 2019 when Joe Burrow was tearing his way through, uh, you know, the SEC. They blew out Georgia in this game 37-10. So if you want to come up with some narrative reasons why Georgia might want to put some distance between themselves and LSU – that would be the reason. But I, when you look at this game schematically, you know, LSU, if, if Jake Daniels is healthy and they can run around a little bit, yeah, the back door should absolutely be open in this game. I just don't like the walking boot thing kind of turned me off to it. My guess is Georgia gets out to a lead. They cover the first half spread, and then the back door will be open for the remainder of the, of the second half because the last thing Georgia wants to do is be up by two or three scores in the second half of this game and get one of their key guys injured before the playoffs. So I, I think Georgia will play this game early, like they've got their hair on fire, and then my guess is the you know the motivation and you know the 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 aggressiveness will decrease as the game goes on. North Carolina, uh, a seven and a half point dog against Clemson. Clemson coming off a stinging loss to their in-state rival South Carolina. Um, I like I like North Carolina because it's seven and a hook. Do you? I think if it gets to seven, you're going to see a lot of professional money come in on Clemson. And it's kind of ironic because the Tar Heels, they're the only team in the entire conference this year that has yet to face a ranked opponent. And that just scares me because your first ranked opponent is Clemson in the ACC title off a loss. So that's the motivational aspect I think Clemson brings to the table here. Now, obviously, both teams are off a loss. Both teams have been really bad over the last couple of weeks. I will say UNC's offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, is probably coaching for his job. We've seen Drake May hit a wall the last couple of weeks. The running game numbers have dropped off. The accuracy is trending down. And the irony is, too, Clemson actually tried to recruit May. 
but because of, you know, his, his, his brother played hoops and his dad was, was on the football team, they really had no chance. But we've, uh, <clears throat> we've heard Dabo Sweeney come out this week and talk about how he recruited him and, and how he knows him pretty well. So I'm fascinated how that matchup looks. It's really about which falling knife you want to try to catch. UNC's lost two straight after that weight game, and, and Clemson, of course, coming off that brutal loss to South Carolina where Dabo had a closed-door meeting. So I, I think this is a stay away for me, but my guess is if the market hits seven, you'll see some professional money come in on Clemson, and maybe that pushes it back up to seven and a half or eight. Uh, la- last one. La- last one is Michigan taking on Purdue. Um, Michigan, obviously a prohibitive favorite over Purdue. I'm not even, I wouldn't even mess around with all of those points considering – I, I don't know to what level Michigan tries to run it up against Purdue. And Purdue's a team who's, they've been really competitive against, Penn State's a team they should have won, beat early in the year. But, you know, if there's a, if Michigan is far better than an Iowa sort of style, Iowa stomped this exact same Purdue team. I like the under of 52. That, that's where I am on this game. Um, which side of the line or the over-under are you on? Yeah, that, actually, I think the under is the sharper side now. And the, the first line of my notes, if Purdue's offense struggles, Michigan not as explosive, then the under should have some value because it's moved through both key numbers of 51 and 52. Those are kind of like the three and the four on the spread side, 51 and 52 on the college football uh, total side. Those are very oft landed on total. So now that it's gone through those, I, I would look to kind of play under. Listen, when, when, when this Purdue offense has stepped up in class this year against Iowa, Three and a half yards per carry, or three and a half yards per play, 29% success rate. If you take away the garbage time against Wisconsin, they scored 10 points in the first 40 minutes of that game. Even in their win against Illinois, their success rate was still sub 40%, and they barely got the five yards per play. So this is a tough spot for Purdue. Aiden O'Connell, of course, mourning the loss of his brother. He hasn't been with the team this week. We, we obviously wish him and his family the best. But tough week to be away from your team when you're preparing for a very tough defense in Michigan in a conference championship game. Hey, thanks, Jared. A reminder, you can hear Jared Smith, part of Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff with Rich Ornberger, Brian No, and Jared Smith each Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Listen live on any of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates or the iHeartRadio app presented by BetMGM. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to the list of the day. It's time for the list of the day. I'm on the list. Oh, snap. Why didn't you say so? Uh, okay, so I got, came up with the list of the day, and this is going to be a discussion, Jay Stu, a discussion, John Ramos, okay? Remember, this is not, these are not hard and fast facts. Let's get after it. The top 10 Christmas movies. Number 10. Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, do you guys remember this one? Yes. Uh, um, Tim Burton, right? Tim Burton. Yeah. Wait, wait, it should be higher than that? I thought, I think it should be higher than 10. But in the top 10, I'm, I'm okay. It's your list, Doug. People oh, okay. love that movie. Um, I, I do I, love it. I like, the, I like the movie. It's actually a good movie. And it has that kind of unique form of animation, right? It was, it's, it's also not a Christmas movie in terms of it being light and fluffy. It's dark. Yes. It's really dark. And some people thought, too scary for kids. Right, too scary. And it was a poem Written by Tim Burton in 1982, 13, 11 years later, he made a stop-motion animated musical dark fantasy. It's really, really, I think it's really, really good. If you haven't seen it, it's excellent. And it's an excellent watch, and it does stand up the test of time. Number nine. Uh, the Miracle on 34th Street. This is a historically significant movie, right? Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, I know Seth Davis, who's Jewish, watches it every year. He loves it. It, it, it speaks to him. It speaks to a lot of people. Um, and uh, Miracle on Thursday, like the, now the original 1947 film is one I'm talking about, okay? Um, and it was honestly, did you know it was originally released under a different name in the United Kingdom? I did not. Yeah, it was called The Big Heart. The Big Heart. Miracle on 34th Street uh, was directed by George Seaton. Uh, Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Natalie Wood, Natalie Wood, and uh, Edmund Gwen. It's uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas Day in New York City, and uh, it 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 talk, it's it's really about Santa and belief and happiness and love and um, it's a it's it's a culturally significant film. It's one of those ones like you, you kind of got to watch. You know, it's it's I don't know. Um, it starts at the Macy's Day Parade. And uh, then this guy gets hired to play Santa at the at Macy's in New York City. Uh, it's I think it's a really interesting. It's a good film, but it's like a historic timepiece, and it's like it's the classic. In the hey, if I had fifty years before the nineteen eighties, what's the one Christmas movie that would be it? Number eight, the original Grinch, the original Grinch. Okay, uh, which version of the Grinch do you like best, Jason Stewart? Yeah, I'm not a fan of either, to be honest. Um, but I'd probably maybe watch the Jim Carrey one. I kind of have a thing against animation in general. I don't, I don't really? like to watch, watch animation. So I that's love my animated bias. movies. You know, it's interesting. My uh, Hayes will will tell you my son, who's 13, and you know, on some levels, animation isn't isn't cool when you're 13. He's like, look, I don't care, cars. The Car series, the Monsters Inc. series, um, and then uh, Toy Story. Like those are my favorite movies. And I'm like, dude, Incredibles is great as well. So I'm going to disagree with you, but that's okay. Like that's what we're allowed. You know, we're allowed to do. I didn't like the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. I do like the the newer version of the animated Grinch movie. 
but the classic how the Grinch um, stole Christmas is the one that I, that that I was referring to. It's the old uh, Dr. Seuss book made into a movie. Number um, eight. Uh, no, number eight. Number eight number is love. seven. It no, was number seven. Hold on. Let's do it again. Number seven. Love actually. Love actually. Uh, have you seen this is uh, this is the first one that we have that's in the 2000s, right? Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, Emma Thompson, Liam, uh, Liam Neeson's in it. Kira Knightley, <laughs> big Kira Knightley fan, especially at the time. Uh, do you remember this movie, Jason Stewart? <laughs> yeah, no, not only do I remember it, I, it's my favorite Christmas movie ever. Uh, I've done an entire podcast on it. There are many layers to it. Uh, the music it's all the hip music at the time, but it also throws in like the Mariah Carey classic and stuff. Um, great story, underrated. You still see uh, pop culture references. There was a what a Zach Broff is that his name? A commercial yeah. recently where he's basically doing the Love Actually scene with the cue cards. Um, I I put that at number one for me. Uh, okay, number one is is it's a great movie, and the cue card scene is a uh, if you're I mean, that's a that's a that's a tough one to watch. You know, it's a it's an incredible, incredible story of people and love and relationships. I would agree in terms of quality of movie. I don't I, I wouldn't argue with you in terms of it. If you said, hey, that's my number one movie. Um, I think there's a there's a there's a difference there. But uh, this is where the list gets hard. Number seven is number six. Christmas story. The original Christmas story. Right. With the leg lamp. And, you know, you'll you'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. Um, it's kind of hokey, but it's shot in a way in which it's supposed to be sort of hokey. John Ramos, do you like uh, the original Christmas story? I do. Yes. It's shown multiple. It's one of those movies that it's shown multiple times consistently. I think people might get, would get sick of it after a while. Right. But I guess not. It seems to kind of have a place in everyone's heart. Yeah, 1983, okay, but it's it, it's the scene is set in the 1940s, and all he wants is a uh, Red Rider Range 200-shot BB gun. That's that's all he wants, and um, it is it is so good. I mean, it's really, it's a really fun movie. Of course, you know, you go back and there's Ralphie, uh, there's old Mr. Parker, you know, Fudge, only he didn't say Fudge. So much good to it. It's again, it's that's a modern. If if Miracle on 34th Street say classic, it's a modern day classic. Number five, Home Alone. Um, gives you a little bit of everything, right? The idea of family coming over, uh, of being a little brother, and then of course the being alone and what how kids view Christmas and what kids do for like the whole thing. Plus, it's it's kind of hysterical, right? Believable. No, but you suspend disbelief. Uh, the Wet Bandits at the time. Uh, Home Alone is, is still funny. And I mean, like Macaulay Culkin will never escape the fact that that's the role that made him. That's the role he'll always be, be known for. And he was incredible in the movie. Number four. Die Hard. Now, some people think Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. It's fine. Obviously, it's set right on Christmas time. There's so many quotable lines. Obviously, it's classic, you know, 80s action where, I mean, whether they're shooting blanks or they're shooting real bullets, so many people don't get hit. Nakatomi Plaza, which, by the way, is on the Fox lot, ironically enough. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Like, that's that you don't get any better lines than that. Um, and then, of course, you have, you know, you have like terrorism and blowing up the buildings, which in some ways was kind of epic foreshadowing, right? Uh, anyway. Uh, Die Hard is a holiday Christmas time movie, and it's my fourth best of all time. Number three, Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, Jason Stewart, you've already said you don't like animation. Right? That's true. And this one, this one's really weird. I saw it recently because I, I did a podcast on this one too. And uh, I, why don't you a, call me on these podcasts? It's a who, do you, who do you do one. the pod with? We'll start inviting you. It's uh, my friend Brian Beckner. We do the uh, the Baller Lifestyle podcast. And we uh, we just break down movies. Um, and the the Charlie Brown thing is because I had to watch it. It's a dark one. There isn't a lot of happiness to this thing. It's not like your typical peanuts 
happy story. Um, well, I mean, a lot of peanut stuff isn't a happy story. I think you're right. Now that I think about it, geez, Lucy, she was a bitch. Lucy was a bitch, right? She's always pulling the football. You know, then you got uh, Pigpen. Who, who didn't love Pigpen, right? Um, you had Linus with the blanket. And, of course, uh, uh, Charlie Brown, which is played by Peter Robbins. I don't know. It comes on, and I sit down. I like Charlie Brown Halloween. I like Charlie Brown. Uh, was the, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And then, of course, uh, this is based upon the old Peanuts comic strip. A Charlie Brown Christmas is my number three movie. Number two. Elf. Now, um, do, you, do, you, do you like Elf, Jason Stewart? I saw it for the very first time a year ago. For whatever reason, I went this entire time without seeing it, and wow. I, do, I do like it. it. There are some ridiculous parts of it, but you know that, that's uh, Will Ferrell. But uh, yes. yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't seen it until about three or four years ago. Um, mostly because Christmas time, I've always been incredibly busy calling college basketball games that I never felt like I was home enough time to sit down and watch, watch Elf. I don't know. It, it, it actually slipped through and then I watched it and I really liked it. And then like a week or two later, I ran into Will Ferrell and Hayes, my son went up to what he's like, can I ask you one movie question? He's like, yeah. He's like, did you, how did you not laugh when you were shooting Elf? And he said, not laugh. I thought it was the dumbest movie I've ever filmed because I'm running around New York City in these tights and this crazy outfit and no one else laughed. And so I thought it was going to be a complete bomb and it's been a really funny movie. Um, I enjoy Elf a great deal. He, he's it's simply hysterical and which gives us number one, number one Christmas vacation. I understand, Jason, your thoughts on it. It might not be the greatest movie of all time, but it it gives you um it gives you the interaction with your boss, right? The old days of waiting for the Christmas bonus. It gives you Uncle Eddie. It gives you the grandparents. Um, there's, the, there's the squirrel in the tree, which, of course, um, you know, when you have a tree and you didn't grow up having a tree, you're like, do we do the real one or the, or the fake one? And in this case, they, you know, he cut one down in the woods. It's way too big and forgot that there was a squirrel in it. I don't know. There's so much fun to it. But really, Cousin Eddie makes it. Because the shitter was full and uh, because he brought the dog and, uh, you know, Clark W. Griswold was funny at the time. My number one Christmas movie, happy anniversary to Christmas vacation. There's your top 10. Let's get to our pick of the day. Uh, pick of the day comes from the Bills taking on the Patriots. I know the last two times uh, the Patriots and the Bills matched up. Patriots couldn't make the Bills punt. Right? But it is supposedly very windy. And though Josh Allen's ball cuts through the wind, it does, you know, bring to that conversation, hey, can the, can the Pats do to the Bills what they were able to do to the Jets? Just kind of hang close. Uh, my answer is, I don't believe they can. I know there's no Von Miller. I know they're at home. I know uh, Thursday, night, Thursday night, usually home teams play better. Um, but the number has now moved to four, which leads me to get all over the Patriots. I like the Patriots and the four. Patriots plus four points at home. That's my pick of the night. All right, that's it for, uh, for the pod today. Tomorrow we'll get you ready for championship weekend. Woo, championship weekend. SC, can they pull it off? Plus you got TCU. And if TCU fails, does Ohio State get back in the mix? Yeah, they just get their asses kicked. A lot to talk about. Thanks for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is in the bonus. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 